It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone, yeah, it's Craig here again. Thanks for joining us today. I'm extremely happy actually to be chatting with the sumo guy today. Uh, some of you may know him as the sumo guy, and many may know him as Paul McGee. Um, aside from uh, being a Mancunian, uh, Paul has got a lot of great things going for him. We won't hold that against him, that's for sure. He's the, a managing director of PMA, an international training and educational company, a best-selling author, and uh, an internationally sought-after speaker. Recently traveling uh, across to the wonderful islands of Mauritius. Um, someone I've been very lucky enough to share the stage with and importantly be inspired by through his, his powerful presentations and um, a couple of his books, um, although I do and I'm aware of a new book that's recently uh, hit the bookstands, which I'm excited to find out a little bit more about. Um, but how's things with you today, Paul? Um, how's life up in the Northwest? Well, apart from being insulted that I'm a Mancunian, Craig, which I just have to shut up and move on about, but uh, you know, I'm doing great, and it's really good to be talking to you. And, um, you know, I'll go back a little while now with the clean, easy people, so it's great to be involved in having this discussion with you. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I know we've um, we've obviously been lucky to have you enough uh, a couple of our events, which has been fantastic. And, the, you know, there'll be a lot of people within the organisation that... Have, uh, have heard you speak and that you know there's a lot of people that are actually be plugged in from all around the world that you know actually don't work with us as well which is which is great um so um what tell us a little bit about your story paul because i mean i'd love to share some sort of strategies and tools with with people and ideas that you know everyone can maybe take away from today and and put into action um but where where do you come from because you've got quite an inspiring inspiring story really yeah, I mean, some people may say that. Um, I think you often take your life happens and you take what happens sometimes for granted. But many, many years ago, working as a so-called high-flying graduate management trainee with Unilever, you know, prestigious organisation, prestigious graduate programme to be on, and all the kind of trappings that went with that, you know, the kudos, the cash and everything. And um, then I lost my job to real health, became ill with the illness and or myalgic encephalomyelitis or yuppie flu or chronic fatigue syndrome, whatever you want to call it. And I went from all the kind of kudos and status of being a graduate management trainee to on them £35 a week invalidity benefit and um, had a mortgage based on a salary I no longer had, no mortgage protection, so we kept in, we, took, we took in lodges in order to keep the house. And, um, you know, it was an illness, particularly in those days, it was very misunderstood. We thought it might be all in my mind. So I remember I was there, even had to go and see a psychiatrist. So very, very challenging. But um, in the midst of all that, someone um, gave me a tape on, per, which related to personal development. It was a, by a guy who's still going today called Richard Denny. And um, he, he quoted something along the lines of, within every adversity, there is a seed of equal or greater opportunity. And it really did trigger a passion for me for personal development. And that plus the support of family and friends. And maybe I just did get lucky. I don't know why I recovered in the way I did compared to some other people. But um, that was the kind of, that's very much, very much part of my history, Craig. And 
The challenge I had though with the illness is that even when I felt after two and a half years of not working that maybe I could do some work, nobody would hire me because um, I couldn't pass a medical. So I hired myself. As I like to say in all humility, I was absolutely awesome in the interview. Uh, answered all the questions really well and uh, was successfully appointed by myself. And that was in March 1991. So I've been in business now 21 years. Wow. And um, that's, yeah, that's a little bit of the background. Brilliant. So obviously, I mean, I know you share a passion for personal development and obviously it comes back from, you know, that first cassette tape that, uh, that obviously you, you picked up. And um, do you think, that, I mean, I know you said obviously you've had a lot of support from family and friends, etc. but, you know, I, I mean, maybe my thoughts and beliefs where you've really kind of pulled yourself through, through that positive mental attitude from having a, um, the right areas of focus. I mean, would you, would you agree with that? Is that something that you'd... Yeah, I think it's got to start with yourself. You know, um, I have a little phrase, leadership begins with me. So you have to take personal responsibility. That, that's an absolute given. Um, because actually there could be lots of people who do want to support you. And yet you, you fail to plug into that, you fail to tap into that, or you fail to utilise what support is available. So you're right, friends and family do play a part, absolutely. I want to credit people for that. But you're right, I have to say that um, you've got to look at yourself. And I guess um, if I'm taking responsibility, um, then I don't know what kind of place I'm being now. No, for sure. And I think... Um... I think if a lot of people in, you know, well, not just the UK, worldwide, could understand that that little quote that obviously has made a, a massive impact on you regarding, you know, with every adversity is, you know, an equal, uh, you know, seed of a, an equal opportunity or greater opportunity. And I think, you know, people can always look for the sunshine behind the rain, um, which is often yeah, harder to do than, 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 than not really, but it's having the passion to do so, I suppose. I mean, some of this stuff, let's be honest, I mean, your audience will be buying into this, your listeners, but I mean, it can sound a little bit cheesy and twee, but you know, I'm living evidence really, living proof that this stuff actually is very, very powerful and can literally change people's lives. And I've been fortunate, really, not just to be able to use this stuff on myself, but to see it used, you know, I've spoken in 35 countries, and really, no matter what the culture or the context is, the stuff that I talk about and the stuff that you and everyone else talks about is incredibly powerful and invaluable, it really is. But you've got to apply it, you've got to use it. And this is not, I mean, Zig Ziglar um, said something along the lines of um, motivation is a bit like having a wash. You've got to do it more than once to get the full benefit. <laughs> and I think, you know, you've got to keep on working with this. So I've been in business 21 years, but, you know, I've had a crazy morning, still working hard, uh, busy schedule this afternoon, traveling down to London, you know, lots of stuff's happening. And you're just going to keep on keeping on. But over time, stuff really does add up and it makes a difference. I was going to say, you must love now being able to, to, to really, you know, from your own experiences. And one of, one of the things I love about some of the information that I've, I've learned from you over the years is the strategies to actually put it into action, because obviously that's the key, isn't it? Um, but you, you must love, you know, really knowing that you're making a difference, you know, whether it's, you know, in the UK or in obviously the countries that you've been, you know, um, blessed enough to, to be able to speak in. Um, sure. And, yeah, and it is, it's a privilege. And what we've now developed is um, we've got Sumo for Schools, both in primary and secondary. Um, I'm over in Australia next year. There's a woman in Australia who wants to launch Sumo for Schools out there. 
We've done a prison program, and I got I got an email, sorry, I got a letter recently from an inmate in a prison in Leeds in Yorkshire who uh, has read the Sumo book. It's in the prison library. So Brilliant. it's not just always about me speaking and being out there. It's just about the message you're getting into people's hands and heads in a variety of different ways and contexts. And that is, it's both exciting, but if I'm honest with you, Craig, it's also humbling as well. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm very inspired with, with obviously, you know, what you've been doing with Sumo for Schools. And I think fundamentally it's getting right down to the grassroots for the future of our, you know, you know, leaving a legacy, I really from from a younger age, which is so important. So, going back twenty one years, then you, you obviously interviewed yourself and uh, passed with with flying colours. Um, what what was your what was your goals back then? I mean, where where did you start? What was you what what did you foresee for the future? Did sumo was that the start of sumo, or did that come along later on in life? Yeah, the phrase sumo very much came along later on, but I guess I, I always felt I had a bit of a natural talent to stand and speak, and that had always been something which had you know, been proven, I guess, when I'd um, had opportunities to do so. So I always knew that was a kind of talent that I, I had, but I also realised that like, um, like a footballer or like a lot of people who've got talent, it can be a talent that's wasted and not developed. Um, so there was... The, the detail was a little sketchy, if I'm honest, Craig, but I was clear that I knew at some stage I would like to speak in front of large audiences. And, you know, in the early 90s, I started to write down goals about where I wanted to be, where I wanted to speak. And I remember even there was a picture taken from the back of the stage of a guy who you only saw the back of him, so the back of his head and body, looking out at a large audience. And I actually cut that out, and I thought, you know what, because he looks a bit like me from the back. And I just had that in my head as, that will happen to me someday, I will do that. But um, it wasn't about, let's go on an ego trip, it was very much about, let, let's, yeah, let's make a difference. And I knew, just knew deep down, that that difference that I was on this planet to make would involve speaking in front of large groups of people. But, um, you know, it's a journey. I mean, I've been in business 21 years and some people say to me now, oh, you're a great success, aren't you? But, hey, you know, in some ways, it took me 21 years to become an overnight success. And I think people sometimes forget the journey and the work and the effort you have to put into things in order to get to the place you're at now. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think the journey is part of the success, isn't it? It's, um, you know, if you're doing what you love uh, and you're doing it daily, that's, to me, that's the beginnings of being successful anyway. Um, yeah, it's the people you come in contact with as well along that journey and some can be a challenge but you know some is just absolutely awesome I had a, a, con- a conversation with someone today who read my book Self Confidence mm-hmm. and he, he's got this idea that he wants to make a, a video um, which basically encapsulates a lot of the ideas in that book um, that we give away um, to every school in the country you know to every secondary school in the country and wow. it's his vision his desire and um, and I just find, you know, I've never met this guy before, but he came across the book in a service section. And it's that, it's the possibilities that open up and the people that you meet that's so, so exciting. Fantastic. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's an exciting vision as well, to be able to produce something like that. So, yeah, a great opportunity. So you, you, you've obviously, am I right in saying, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've got, um, obviously, the Sumo uh, book, uh, which I'm most familiar with, Um Self-confidence, uh, again, a fantastic book, which we just mentioned. And then you've got your new book, 
How Not to Worry. Are they the free books, or is there any more that I'm unaware of, Paul? There's loads, Craig. Really? In the 90s, the first one I ever wrote was about CV writing, because um, a lot of my business in the early 90s, you know, I officially started a business in the, uh, when we officially went into recession the first time, or the last time since um, recently. So in 91, uh, we were in a recession and people making um, people redundant organisations wanting to let lots of people go. So I started off doing a lot of outplacement work, helping people make redundance. And um, I wrote a book called um, Writing a CV That Works. So that was my very first one. I've written one called Perfect Public Speaking. I've written one called 59 Minutes to a Karma Life. So, you know, it was the breakthrough was in 2005 when I really got a great publisher and Sumo was published. And um, yeah, my main books have been Sumo, Self-Confidence, and then the latest one, How Not to Worry. But squeezed in there um, is a book called Sumo Your Relationships, How to Handle, Not Strangle the People You're Living in the with. <laughs> doesn't have as big a profile as the others, but I know it's had um, a big impact on a lot of people as well. So... Yeah, there's books coming out in the years, and now I've got them. I'm about to sign a deal for them to become audio books, which I'm also excited about because I realise not everyone likes to read, but people do like to listen, particularly when they're driving their car. Yeah, obviously, when people are on the move quite a lot in this day and age, it's um, oh, that's exciting. Is it something you, you'll voice over yourself? That's the plan. I think um, if they've got an opportunity to hire a motivational speaker to be their. Um, to, to actually read the book, then um, I think it would be a sad reflection on my abilities if they didn't actually come to me. So, <laughs> Indeed. Um, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same without your Mancunian accent, Paul, anyway. <laughs> absolutely, Craig. Absolutely. And also, Mancunian motivation, found out today, has become a registered trademark. So um, I'm very much playing on the Mancunian aspect of things at times. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, so let's talk about sumo if we can. There's obviously some um, six principles in there, which are you know really powerful insights for people to kind of shift their mindset, look at things differently, and actually take the relevant actions to you know start making a difference. Um, do, do you are you happy to kind of just share your philosophies yeah, on that? Absolutely. Yeah. In a nutshell, I won't go on for too long, but I mean. I like to give the metaphor of we're going to explore a sumo house and in each of those rooms of the house there is a principle. But actually the house's foundations is built on a formula, E plus R equals O. And the E plus R equals O is just simply, look, it's the event plus my response that influences the outcome. And I think too many people live with an alternative formula, E equals O. If that's the event, you know what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, it's like, no, we need to put ourselves in this equation. And actually, two people, two teams, two organisations can have the same events, the same opportunity, the same challenge, whatever it is, and end up with very different outcomes to each other. Why is that? Because it's not solely the event. It's not what happens to you. It's all down to your response as well that influences the outcome. So that's the foundation. Um, and then I look at six principles, and the first one is um, called Change Your T-Shirt. It's all about how if we're not careful, we can in life uh, wear a victim T-shirt, where we play the martyr, and we, um, we just look to blame someone else for where we're at in life. You know, blame, you know, from a, a global perspective, you know, 
people, particularly in the UK, seem to go, well, I blame, you know, I blame Tony Blair, I blame Gordon Brown, I blame the coalition government, I blame the Americans, the Germans, the banks. Yeah. You know, on a micro level, I, well, I blame my partner for my stress, I blame my boss, I blame the traffic, I blame the kids, whatever. And it's like, hang on a minute, take a look at yourself in the mirror, guys, and ask yourself, you know, is actually one of the main reasons why you're at where you're at in life today down to some of the choices you've actually made and the decisions you've taken. And although those other factors, you know, the economy and everything, play a part, we need to realise that the person that plays the biggest part in your life is yourself. And you need to change your T-shirt if you're wearing that victim T-shirt and wanting to blame someone else. So that's the first principle. So you don't sell them victim T-shirts, do you? (laughs) I've been asked, I've been asked, you know, boy, do you sell victim T-shirts? I can flip and say, oh, it's where I work. He was Welsh. And um, it's like, you know, I'm not selling flipping victim T-shirts, no matter how much the demand is out there, I'll be able to change them. And um, and and it's great because schools now, when they do this, they have like a change of T-shirt thing, and kids come into school with different positive messages on their t-shirt it's very powerful and very visual so that's the first principle change your t-shirt it's all about take responsibility the second one is called develop fruity thinking and it's all around this whole thing about our mindset but rather than just talk about positive thinking i like people to understand well positive thinking is great but let's just drill down a bit deeper and so i've got these seven questions to help you develop more fruity thinking and they range from, you know, just faced with a challenge on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is death, where is it, to, you know, how can I influence and improve the situation, what can I learn from this, what can I find as positive. And I've got those seven questions, and I'll give them a website later on that people can actually download. So rather than be faced with a challenge and someone say, we'll be positive about it, their question might well be, yes, but how? So these questions are very much designed to give you a very practical framework to ask yourself these questions to help you work through your challenges and to bounce back from setbacks. So you've got to change your T-shirt, develop through to thinking. Can I pull quick, pick quickly, just while you're talking about yeah. that, before you yeah. move on to your next one? I've got some couple that I work with and have done for some years now, and I know one of their younger children, they, they passed the, the, the sumo book on to them, I think they're around about the age 10 or 11. And um, it was only recently, actually, it's quite funny, they're actually talking to their child, and I think... Um, not so much giving them a bit of a, a telling off, just a stern talking to. Yeah. And uh, the response was quite simple. Well, on a on a scale of one to ten, mum. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's amazing when people start to use your own material. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. As my kids have done with me. And it's a good reminder. And we always need reminding this. That's why that was called develop fruity thinking. Yeah. Because you've got to keep on working at it daily in many respects. Just, Life is sucking energy out of you, the media is bombarding the negativity, so you have to make a conscious decision to work hard at this. It's like trying to work at your health and fitness is something you can't just do as a one-off. Mindset is something you have to continually revisit. So that's um, principle number two, develop through your thinking. Yeah. Hippo time is okay. I ask people, you know, what a hippo is doing, mud, they wallow. And um, I talk about actually sometimes before you can shut up and move on, you might need some hippo time. You might need to wallow a little bit. What I mean by that is sometimes you've had a setback, a challenge, a disappointment. You know, to feel mad, bad or sad is okay. Just uh, make sure you don't wallow for too long because it's okay, but it's temporary. And I think with that principle, Craig, a lot of people find 
a little bit of realism in that, that actually it's not possible to be on top of the world 100% of the time. And if you can have this pico time, that's actually okay. It sort of like legitimizes things a bit more for people, makes it a bit more realistic. And that's why I think Sumo has been embraced by people, even some skeptics and cynics who've seen a bit of that kind of Mancunian-ness come through of, you know, tell it as it is, no bull. And, and that's appreciated. So that's that's the third principle, and um, that is something which I know a lot of people remember and use. Question: main thing is it's okay, but never forget if all time is temporary. Yeah. It's um, part of your journey. It's not meant to be um, when you sort of like start to live life from now on. That recovery time, I think a lot of sports stars often talk about. You know, for example, you know Michael Owen, for example. You know he. he he doesn't wallow too long after, you know, putting, um, you know, a, a, a shot up, right up in the Stafford end yeah, for United. Exactly. He recovers, he gets on and, and keeps on fighting. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, they're the three main principles to begin with. Then the, the last three, you've got to remember the beach ball, which is a brilliant one for particular around communication, engaging others and dealing with conflict. And that's just simply where if there was a big beach ball in the room and you're at one side of the room and I'm at the other side, from my perspective, I'm seeing three colours of it's huge. I'm seeing blue, white, and green. You're looking at the same. You're looking at the same thing, the same beach ball, but you're seeing red, yellow, and orange. Yeah. If we're not careful, we're trying to argue with each other as to why I'm right and you're wrong, rather than go hang on a minute. Do I need to understand why someone is seeing the beach ball differently from me? And that just because they see it differently doesn't mean that one of us is wrong. We could both be right. If I want to build better relationships, if I want to become more successful in selling, then it's really crucial that I understand other people's side of the beach ball rather than simply talk about my own. So it's one I have to say that I come to very regularly, almost on a daily basis. I'm trying to understand, hang on a minute, why why have they said that? Why have they done that? What are things looking like from their side of the beach ball? Never clear on mine. So again, very, very visual, very, very simple, but very, very powerful. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. I think um, Andy Robbins, uh, obviously famously known, um, talks about something, a quote that I love, the quality of our life is within the quality of our relationships. Um, and I think un- understanding yeah. this beach ball philosophy, it's a, it's a great, as you said, visual way of looking at it to understand, yeah. you know, not just people around us, but customers, colleagues, etc. Yeah. I was with a client yesterday where they actually have been licensed to use Sumo and um, they actually, there was a conflict situation between some of our franchisees, owners, and the, the board. And, um, or it could have been a big conflict situation, but the woman said, because she's licensed to use my material, is um, she actually brought a beach ball into the room and said, I'm going to facilitate this meeting. And she just said, right, tell me your side of the beach ball, tell me what you're seeing, what you're thinking, and why. And she just got everybody, and she was like, we're all looking at the same thing, but we're seeing it differently, but now we understand each other rather than trying to blame each other or you're wrong and I'm right. And so it was incredibly powerful. And I just love how simple sumo is, but also how powerful and effective it can be. Brilliant. Final two principles for you are learn Latin, which is all about learn the Latin phrase carpe diem, seize the day. Mm -hmm. And um, in the book, I look at a lot of the reasons why people procrastinate. And that really is a huge factor that gets in the way of people succeeding. They've got all kinds of reasons why they're not going to do something or they try something once, it doesn't work, and then they come up with a list of excuses why they're not going to put this anymore. 
So I look at that principle, the reasons for that, and this whole thing about how to overcome our procrastination and underpin it very much, you know, guys, at the end of the day, we have a certain amount of time on this planet, let's carpe diem, seize the day, and, and make things happen. And the final one is called Ditch Doris Day, which sounds a little bit, looking at what's that about? Um, she's still alive, bless her. She's probably well into her 80s now, but Doris Day uh, sang a song in the 1950s called Pensera Sera, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see, Pensera Sera. I'm saying, you know what, if you want to get the best out of life, don't just drift along. Go, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. Maybe we'll succeed, maybe we won't. You know, it's all down to fate and luck. It's like that is total garbage. Yeah. You have that as an attitude to world poverty or global warming, we'd be in a right mess. Mm-hmm. So make sure you don't have that as your approach to your own life as well. Now, there will be things that we won't understand that we don't foresee happening. Clearly, that will be the case. So if you've got your goals, you've got your vision, you've got a plan, you've got a purpose, you've got your support team, you're working on your attitude, then you can create some very clear goals that you want to achieve in your life. And, you know, I'm, I'm just having a lovely property where I am now. We're very fortunate. But one of the things that was really important to me years ago was that I'd had a really nice, large garden, well-established, plenty of colour, everything. And, you know, just before this interview, I just took a couple of minutes just to look out at that. And I thought, you know what, I saw this years ago in my head. You know, it wasn't a case of, well, if we're lucky in the housing market's fine. This was very much in my vision years ago. So let's ditch Doris Day. Let's ditch whatever will be, will be. And let's take responsibility for our future. So that, in a nutshell, is my six principles. I, I, I mean, obviously, I've read the book and um, I've read the book a few times, actually. And so have so many people that I work with. And I think the principles, if you can apply them, consistently and i think it goes back to what you were talking about um earlier zig ziglar said about having a wash and it has to be that consistent you know personal development to consistently work on your mindset to to maybe adapt these or adopt them even to become second nature almost but never never forgetting to review and reflect absolutely don't keep on reminding yourself of this stuff that's the key i've just been also speaking to a client this morning who um, it's a school, and the head teacher and the deputy are hugely into personal development. And um, they have a particular, it's, it's too lengthy to quote, but they have this quote um, about how, which is based about how teachers set the temperature and bring the weather into their own classroom. And that is on the back of every toilet door in the whole school. So when a teacher or whoever wants to um, sit down, do their business, whatever, and um, that's staring back at them, and it's just a constant reminder. <laughs> I find it quite amusing, but I also find it very, very powerful that they're not just playing with this, but they're taking it seriously. And I think a lot of people play with personal development, but you've got, you know, it's a serious business. Life's serious, it's fun, it's a lot of other things, but it's serious. Business has got to be fun, but there's a serious element to it. I mean, all the skills and the tools and resources we need to give us the edge. And sometimes it's just that the self-confidence book is about how a small change can make a big difference. And it can, over time, it can make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. I've got to be honest, Paul. I absolutely love what you're doing with schools. And I, um, I'm proud, proud of you, to be honest, because I just think, from my point of view, having two young daughters um, and understanding at that age how, how we're influenced by, you know, society, by our social conditioning. And, yeah. and I something that I'm conscious of is to have 
the right teachers around my children. Yeah. So I might even be moving up to the northwest, mate. <laughs> hey, we're doing sumo for schools throughout the country. The thing is, I don't actually always do it myself. Yeah. This is also a key thing. I don't want to be, you know, I'm the figurehead of, of my business. Um, but at the end of the day, this is about empowering other people to make a difference. It's not you only get a sumo if you read the book or hear me speak. Mm-hmm. So I've got a team of associates. And we work with teachers because if they don't get sumo, how are they going to inspire and help with the kids? Yeah. And, and some of the head teachers embrace it massively and start running with it themselves and they hardly have any input from us. They don't need it. They've heard them speak, they've got the book, they've got the pack. And they run with it. And, and one teacher off his own back has now set up a program called Sumo for Families. Now, it's just very embryonic early days. But, you know, this is the whole power of sumo is not just built on a personality. Yes, I'm very much associated with it. But, you know, once I've gone, sumo is still here to stay and still here to make a difference. And that's what's really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Good on you, mate. Good on you. So, hey, tell us about this new book thing, uh, How Not to Worry, because I've seen it on book stands on a couple of photos that have been tweeted. Um, yeah, it's, so- uh, it's exciting. It's um, obviously very specific, self um Self-confidence is obviously does what it says on the tin. Sumo is a bit more about general principles for life. And uh, but I realised there was a bit, there was an issue, there was a challenge where despite the fact, and this is quite remarkable, isn't it? If we're alive on the planet today, then we are likely to live longer, healthier, wealthier lives than we've ever done. Um, and yet we're worrying more than ever before. And so the book, again, in hopefully my own down to a practical way, just tries to understand why do we worry, why worry and is such a big deal, how it connects with anxiety and stress, how that impact, impacts us, but also what are some of the causes of it? Why do we worry? I even look at, I'll tell you what, I go a bit deep, deep here, but in a fun way, I even look at our evolutionary ancestors and ask the question, are we wired to worry? Is fear ever a good thing? So I look at all that, and then of course what I do is read all my books and then look at some practical strategies. But one of the things that I'm quite chuffed about is, although I did quite a lot of research around the subject, it's about coming up with your own angle. And most people, and, and probably most of your listeners, are probably thinking now, yeah, worry is always a waste of time. Do you know what? There are times when I've got, there's a concept I call now worth it worry and worthless worry. So if you've got a plane to catch, and it's important you catch that plane or else you're missing out on your family holiday, and you think we're kind of like running a little bit late, and I've heard there's problems on the motorway, then a certain degree of anxiety or a little bit of worry may motivate you to speed up and to take action to get out of that house. So that is what I call worth it worry when it actually motivates you to do something. But if you're then on the plane and then you start to worry, is it going to crash? then that is what I call worthless worry. It is totally out of your control. And a lot of people spend a lot of time in worthless worry rather than thinking, okay, maybe there's a little bit of anxiety and stress here, but how can I use that to motivate and to take action? I like people. I think it's great when someone says, I'm speaking at a conference and I'm feeling nervous. Great, good, because that's your adrenaline that's being released to help you perform at a good at a, at a high standard. You don't just walk in totally complacent and so chilled and relaxed that you're almost like not really in the room. So I try and challenge people's misconceptions around this whole subject and give them some practical tools. And in these first six weeks, I think it was the um, 
fastest selling new self help book in the country. So that's obviously exciting. And uh, hopefully, just some more stuff from me that's going to people's hands that's helping them maybe just enjoy life a little bit more. Uh, rock and roll, Paul. Yeah, you're a good man, mate. And I think everything you've done, um, certainly since I've um, you know picked up the Sumo book, and I think I'm inspired to kind of look at a couple of these other books as well. And certainly, I'm off into town in a moment myself um, to do a little bit of organising. So I'm going to pick this How Not to Worry book up. Um, I'm confident it will be on the bookshelves in the, the city of Peterborough. So, well, let's um, hope so. Let's hope so. It's money, I mean, and also, Amazon is a great place to get it. And if I'm honest with you, it saves you a bit of money as well. So Amazon's a great place. So particularly Smiths and Railways and Airports seems to have really got me behind it. So, yeah, and I've just had an email... Uh, a couple of days ago from someone in the Seychelles who I presume didn't buy the book in the Seychelles but it has been over here and um, picked it up whilst, whilst they were in the UK although why you live in the Seychelles and will need to buy a book or how not to worry is beyond me but just goes to show that even when you've got the sun and the sea and the sand then some people still get stressed for whatever reason indeed indeed Hey, well, Paul, I'm, I'm really grateful of your time. I know you're a busy man, and I know um, you know the guys that, that are consistently listening to this show that we've set up this year are going to be really grateful for you sharing your principles and, and your philosophies on personal development. And so, where, where's best if you know people are going to connect with you? you know, we know they can pick your books up from obviously from Amazon or the bookstores, etc. Uh, what, what's your website? Where can people connect, okay. and what can they what can they gather from that? Okay. Um, the sumo um, which is fairly straightforward, thesumoguy.com. And there's all sorts of things there. There's articles to download. The seven questions you mentioned earlier on, um, they can download those. There's tip sheets, there's videos, podcasts. There's lots of good free stuff that's there. And you can also subscribe to a monthly newsletter. Um, also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at thesumoguy. And um, they're the kind of best ways to connect with me. And the main thing is, you know, let's, I don't want to always be heavy and it's all just about positive and inspirational thinking. You know, I was tweeting last night about the fact that I, it was my wife's birthday in England at playing, and I'm trying to decide, okay, how can I keep my wife happy by taking out for dinner but not miss much of the match? You know, and I just try and share life and share, share challenges and share a bit of humour as well as share some inspiration along the way as well bit of balance there mate and uh, uh, did you have a good night and did did helen enjoy herself she did we got i'll tell you what i got some brownie points she liked a present she liked a meal and england in the quarterfinals i call that a good night <laughs> happy days hey paul thanks again mate i'm gonna let you get on and i really do appreciate your time and um i hope everyone can uh, get over to your website and follow you on twitter as do i and um, I'll see you soon, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Over to you. Great talking to you, Craig. Thanks. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate, and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people.